Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Ladies and gentlemen, Timo Meyer has finally entered the chat. He's finally broken through. He scored in the playoffs, but I'm still waiting for him to help Patrick with his hardware issue. Yeah, the last person I'm going to call for tech support is Timo Meyer. Well, the thing is, Patrick, you don't want to physically abuse the hardware, but Timo Meyer, as, as everyone knows, has the most punchable face in the NHL. So. See where you're going. Oh, he's like he's See? like a living stress ball. Yes, Could sure, be. we can go Could with be. that. I was just gonna just gonna remind everyone that um, if your laptop is plugged into a screen, to not abuse the screen, it's the laptop's fault. Well, no, generally it's pedcap. Problem exists between keyboard and chair, but in my particular mm. case, that is not what is happening so problem exists between cpu and rest of system somewhere um but enough so of my saying the problem for the new york rangers was between someone's ears we just don't know who that someone is well Probably a number of someone's ears that's, that's <laughs> kind of what i was going with cassie i was i don't think there was any one specific someone that was having issues I think there was a number of someone's. And, um, boy, you know, if there's one thing that Gerard Glant wouldn't have had a problem doing, it's finding a cab in New York City around MSG, huh? <laughs> At least he got warning this time, right? A little bit. Since it's supposedly mutual. <laughs> there was a conscious uncoupling, which is, which is yes. what I like to tell people happened to me at my job, mm-hmm. except it really wasn't. It was, I came into work one day and they said, you don't want to work here anymore. And I said, I don't. And they said, no, you really don't want to work here anymore. And I went, huh, okay. I guess I don't. <laughs> Not that you had a choice. No, no, you know, they had to save, they had to save money on the stock. Um, <clears throat> so Gerard Gallant gets miffed when people ask him about his job security at the, at the exit interviews and, should he have been getting miffed, I guess? Yeah, because he already probably knew it was going to happen, and he was annoyed by what was going to happen, so he was taking it out on the people who were asking. Well, okay. Also an acceptable answer. That's my theory. I think he, I think he's miffed because he has trouble reading a room. And by a room, I mean the in-game situation, because that's his big neck. He puts, his, he puts something in place... And as soon as the game starts, everything's kind of out of his control. Well, the thing is, is that most people in hockey have a hard time reading the room. Any room. Doesn't matter which room. Could be an empty room. They still have a hard time reading it. But Well, <laughs> someone at least within the New York Rangers told um, Larry Brooks to say, uh, yeah, we're not hiring Joel Quinville because... Well, they read at least one room or at least one situation. By God, let's hope they mean it. <clears throat> oh, and can we get the Pittsburgh Penguins to sign off on that with Stan Bowman too, please? Thank you. Yeah. I, <clears throat> dear God in heaven, I really wish they would. But dear God in heaven, you know what's going to happen. I know. 
Is it? And see that, and that is proof that Sidney Crosby doesn't run that team. <laughs> so I don't think he would stand for it. <laughs> you don't? I don't. I don't. Think I, I think I don't. I think he would stand for it, but I don't think the organization wants to bring him in primarily because I don't think he flies in the same direction, in the same current as whatever Fenway Sports Group does with their other teams. Mm. Like, it took him getting dismissed to finally have the Blackhawks say, yeah, we're going to rebuild this thing. We are going to, you know, let our franchise cornerstones walk away or get traded away of their own choosing. We'll, we'll yeah. get them away. <laughs> no, please. We'll give you away. Please, please let us <laughs> look. And it's never a bad idea as much pain as Minnesota might be feeling in the salary cap. Sometimes you just need different people in different roles. Sometimes you don't need guys on 13 year contracts Stinking up the joint. <laughs> not because they're bad people. Or not maybe because, because they're they are bad, bad players. <laughs> maybe because they are bad people. Maybe because they aren't Winnipeg Jets. But sometimes you just got to put somebody else in a role. Because unlike you're... every other career in the world, like there's advancement or, you know, a career ladder. Well, for NHL players, it's going from, you know, the locker room to the coach's room to the front office. You are are trotting on some very interesting territory, my friend. You are loosely implying in some way, shape, or form that there might be some people who are thinking a little progressively. Am I? And, and, and that is frightening. Not to me. I don't give two poops. That's a, that's a, that's a bit frightening for the, the 199 other hockey men. Because one of the lemmings has broken away from the herd. Uh oh. And he will be severely punished soon, you'll see. Well, depending on the level of success, because you know what they love to do. They got to parent each other. Let's ostracize this person until they're successful, and then we have to copy them. Yes, that is the NHL way. they They are the black sheep until they reach a conference final or a cup final. And if they win a cup, then you know it's 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 game over. Um, and by the way, not the trademarked game over series that you know each Canadian city has on some poor uh, struggling. Sorry, that, we do not record above the uh, Continental Forty Eight. Yeah, so, okay. Oh, that's, um, that's true. Is it a copyright the, here? The contiguous, the contiguous Forty Eight. Such a better return. I know contiguous is. <laughs> you know, I I I like telling people because Alaska is still in the continent. That's yes. that's the one. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like going out to Point or uh, Point Tatouche 
which I love to tell people is the north, northwesterly, um, most northwesterly point in the contiguous United States. And they go. It's Cape Alava. Point to Touche. Cape Alava, and I've been out there. You go point, out towards to that. Touche. No, it's Cape Alava. Point to Touche. Cape Alava is the is a latitude longitude for the furthest west latitude or longitude north, in the world. North northwest. Oh, northwest. All right, fine. Be particular. Damn right I am. You're gonna get you're <laughs> gonna get snippy on me. I'm gonna throw this snip right back. Snip, 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 snip. That is fine. That is as it should be. Go on. Um, <laughs> contiguous. Contiguous. Contiguous coaching. Um, and <laughs> Daryl Sutter. Surprised or not surprised? Not surprised. It was apparently another series of exit interviews that did him in, too. Because that's kind of the rumor kicking around about Gallant. It was the exit interviews that really sealed his fate. And that's kind of what I'm hearing. That's kind of what I've heard about Sutter. Like, I have any insight. Well, I've got a couple of insights. But they don't tell me anything. Um, at least you have insights, but maybe not insight. They just they, tell us when we're wrong. <laughs> no, I've got, I've got a couple that are inside hockey, but we, just, we actually generally don't talk about hockey. Um, <clears throat> and they don't share that kind of stuff with me anyway, because... They're afraid I'd spill the beans, get them in trouble. Which they, I'm kidding. They know I'd never do that, except that one time. <laughs> Maybe that other time. In the time that I well, no, that that <laughs> that second time really wasn't my fault. The story was kind of already out there. Um, <clears throat> So in both of Sutter's and Gallant's cases, we kept hearing exit interviews, exit interviews, right? Can we all acknowledge, and Patrick, I'm going to forewarn you, I'm going to go a little progressive here. Uh-oh. <gasps> Don't be too alarmed. Uh, I'll try and hold on to my seat. More and more we hear coaches and GMs, they have to communicate with this generation of players differently than when they were players. Well, has anyone stopped to realize it's because these kids have had better coaching? Have for they? For better or for worse. For better or for worse. All growing up. They probably had more coaches than Mike Zillinger had in his NHL career. They've Between skills tre- coaches... Oh. And coaches for their respective travel team here, specialty team in the spring, summer hockey team that's really, oh, I'm just getting you ready for my team in the fall. Prep school, junior A, junior B, my major junior, et cetera, et cetera. Is it really that or is it just that this this newer crowd of, of um, players are actually being treated – Used to being treated like human beings instead of like things. Well, I think it's both that and in some cases, I think the players know better than the coaches in certain situations. Can I can I throw out a, a third option that I think is probably sort of a combination of the first two, but probably where it's really at in my mind. They're more comfortable speaking their minds. Right, because they've and been treated like out. human beings. <laughs> well, 
they're more comfortable speaking their minds which means they're also more comfortable asking questions right meaning understanding and and so it's it's kind of a correlation it's sort of the the combination of your guys's sentiments is they've had a lot more coaching they've been sort of treated better and in that respect they're also you know somewhere along the line gaining that that swagger and self-confidence that you know i don't have to put up with nobody has to put up with this crap i will listen to you for a while but if you know if we aren't getting results i'm going to start speaking my mind because I think we should be doing better type thing. In a mentally healthier way. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not so much the you do what the coach says or you're in trouble. Now it's sort of a case of I tried to do it your way. Your way is not working. And so that's that's sort of where I'm at. And that's, that's why I say, you know, they're treated like human beings because for far too long, it was do as I say or else. You know, well, but see, Kathy, right. a lot of those guys are still out there, right? Still in those programs. Right. And I don't think these kids are putting up with it as much. Right. You know, they may suffer with it for a year or two, like in the development program or something, you know, it's sort of keep your head down and, and take it as a learning experience. But part of that learning experience is also how not to do it, how not to right. impart coaching upon, you know, players. So I'm wondering if, you know, I'm wondering if it's that, that sort of smattering of the, you know, infamous 200 hockey men out there showing, showing these guys as they're coming up, what's, you know, how not to build a better hockey player. You know, the, the skills and the things that they're teaching are fine, but the manner in which they're doing it isn't type thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Self-respect is what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I think so. more self-respect because they're not going to put up with the crap that guys before them had to or felt they had to. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, sort of makes me sad that, you know, some of the guys that have sort of paved the way are going to be leaving us or the NHL, not leaving us, like not like they're dying, but, you know, leaving the NHL soon. We come here, we come here not to, (laughs) um, and I, yes, I am speaking of Patrice Bergeron, you know, cause I think he was sort of the, the real to real documentary that Dave Grohl did talking about the infamous recording software and the fight between tape and digital and all that other crap. And he brought up a really good point. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with either side and somebody who sort of bridged the old and the new was Trent Reznor, you know, a guy who loved the old ways mm-hmm. and, and does lo-fi stuff, but does it with modern tools type thing. And that's sort of what I, that's sort of what I liken Bergeron to, you know, a guy that sort of grew up in the tail end of some of the old system, but has really sort of, you know, along with Chara's help, really sort of learned to embrace the modernization of the locker room and the team and all that kind of crap. So, and I'm yeah. still and I'm still freaking out that Joe Thornton's in two commercials in this playoff series. I really am. For two name brand I know. advertisers. <clears throat> I know. I'm just 
if if where the hell were these people when he was playing? Especially the Just for Men commercial, which I find hysterical, by the way. Because as as somebody as one of my as one of my friends, air quotes, one of my virtual friends on Twitter said, there is no way that Joe Joe Thornton should be should be masking out that gorgeous gray. You know, he's got that beautiful racing stripe gray in that thing. But a box of well, and, as, as Speaking as a woman, I have to say that it's actually really damn disgusting how men age so gracefully and turn into silver foxes and look so amazing as they get older. So many men do, and women don't. I, and that kind of pisses me off. <laughs> boy, can I be... Uh, can I be that guy for a second? <laughs> I said so many. I mean, I would like to include you in that, but if well, I feel you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the furthest thing from aging gracefully. Um, <clears throat> no, I had a, I still do. Um, my, my oldest brother's first sister-in-law is absolutely gorgeous in her sixties with the, with the complete, you know, just that stunning, sparkling silver gray hair. And, you know, she's aged beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it's such a, it's such a weird thing to say, but anyway, I, I know where you're coming from, Cassie, you know, like men don't have to put in the effort women do if that's the deal for the, by and large, it's, it's not exactly like that. And I realize it, but you know, it seems like men have to put in, men put in less effort and they look better and then women put in all the effort and they don't necessarily I don't know. I think it, I mean, and this is someone who's actually aging well. <laughs> and I still say that. <laughs> you realize you're an outlier, right, Cassie? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. I mean, no, my dad, my, totally off the rails. My dad always looked like 10 or 15 years younger than um, he was. Us so off the rails? That never happens. <laughs> so when he, uh, um, when he was getting significantly older and, and, he had to have a, um, a surgery that required physical therapy. And I was there, um, helping out. I had to tell the nurses, I was like, okay, I know you want to work him. Like he's like 50. The man is 65. Okay. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, okay. We'll be, we won't, we won't do that. So rough then. <laughs> like, he's an yeah. entire junior high schooler older than what you think he is. Yes. <laughs> Like, don't do it. So anyway, um, but yeah, there's a random sidebar for you. What? <laughs> what, on our show? I, was gonna I know, crazy. <laughs> so part of it is genetic. I, I'm that Part of my like luck is genetic. It's not entirely genetic, but that was a good basis for everything else. <laughs> but so... <laughs> And back on back on the road. Um, the 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 iPhone commercial kind of cracks me up though, because it's you know they they just sort of look who are the who are two of the biggest characters in hockey. Well, it's PK Subban and Joe Thornton, right? I mean these big bombastic personalities. Both are both are pseudo retired joe's not announced it formally but he's available <laughs> and so of course you know I, I love the premise what do you you know how do we demonstrate this well what's the you know what are most hockey players known for oh yeah it's losing teeth okay here you go 
So kudos to the kudos to the ad company and the marketing firm that came up with that. That was actually very well played. Although I, I still cringe every time I see him shove that wonky tooth in his mouth. But that's okay. Oh, it, it, oh. it, it's, it still kind of lands the, the, the funnies a little bit for me. Um, I'm hearing Shane Wright trade rumors already, and it's driving me nuts. God. <laughs> Hextall being nominated. Oh, like you, like you. Finalist, I guess. So, Cassie, I'm mm. glad you brought this up because I'd like to put, I'd like to put your minds at ease. So, in our group chat, um, we were talking about how Hackstall was nominated for the Jack Adams, and how this is a sign of, yeah, he's probably got a. Uh, Got a contract extension kind of in the works. We're stuck with him forever. He's never going to leave. Let's see if he can beat out Cooper, though, because Cooper's never won it. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) Do you know who the 2022 Jack Adams finalists were? I know one was Gallant. One was Gallant. Another, Daryl Sutter. And the third is Andrew Burnett. All three names, no longer the head coaches of their respective clubs. A year. A little over a year. Burnett barely even made it to 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 the awards ceremony before he was, before he was let go. Poor guy. Well, you know, it's it's yeah. usually when a when a coach gets a, a, an extension, it's usually the kiss of death. They'll be gone within like a year or two. <laughs> unless their name is John Cooper. Yes, unless their name is John Cooper. Or Jared Bednar. Mm-hmm. Oh, so what you're saying is of the three names that I mentioned, none of them won the cup with their respective teams. Interesting. Of course not. Can you, and, and since I do not have a computer in hand, who was the last coach that won the cup and the Jack Adams in the same year? I want to say it was probably Scotty Bowman with one of the Red Wings. Mm, I don't think it was that far back. Oh, I do. I, I think it was Cassie. Because, searching, searching. Because this is kind of like one of those President Cup, you know, the President Cup winner rarely, you know, or President's Trophy winner rarely wins the cup. You know, like once every eight or nine years does the President's Trophy winner actually go on and win the cup. Very rarely does the 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 Jack Adams winner win the cup in the same year. I believe I have the answer. <clears throat> Toblake. <Who? laughs> What was your guess, Patrick? I thought I think it was Bowman with with like one of the '90s Red Wings teams. I say okay, it was Dan Cassie. Bilsma. Dan Bilsma. Disco Dan. That's a good. That's another good one. So, 
Let's start with Disco Dan. He won the award once in 2010, 2011, the year the Bruins won. Uh... Scotty Bowman did win the award. He last won the award, I should say, in the 95-96 season. So a year before... A year before they won the first They won their cups. The answer to this question is one John Tortorella in 2003-2004. Crap! Ah, the lightning. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. I, well, but first further of all, to your point, Patrick, I'm not finding many other names that fit that criteria. No, you rarely, rarely, rarely have I ever remembered... Obviously, because I, I completely forgot about Torts. I completely forgot first. I completely forgot that he won it. I know he's been nominated a number of times, but yeah, and much less that he won it that same year because that had to have been his first year in Tampa. Then wasn't it, Kathy? I think so. Because that's like first or second. That's generally the criteria. That's generally the second unofficial criteria of a Jack Adams Award nominee. Is it's like. You're, it's your first year coaching a team. It's not always the case, but you're more likely to be nominated in the first year coaching a team and having them have some modicum of success than your fifth or tenth or twelfth year. Believe it or not, it was his fourth season. Um, wow. He, he was put behind the bench in the 2000-2001 season. Oh. Replacing lightning mm. legend Steve Ludzig. Yeah. Ludzig. Ludzig. Who oof, has a heck of an uh hockey reference page as a coach. <laughs> he coached a full season in the ninety nine two thousand and he got half the year, less than half the year the following season before Torts came in. But Torts took a team, finished fifth place when he took over, got him to third in the ever-loving South Southeast Division. Oh, uh, rip they Southeast Division. First, they finished first two consecutive years and made decent playoff run the first time and then won the Cup. Wowzers. Okay, I have a, I have a, I have a, I have one for you. When All was right. the last team that won the President's Trophy and the Stanley Cup? <sighs> Let me think. Was it one of Does... the? Uh, no, did was it Chicago? In... Oh yeah, that half year. The half, which would have been twenty thirteen. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. I got one. Yeah, I was starting to think, well, is it Pittsburgh? I completely forgot about that that stupid half year that they just went on an absolute terror. But before that, it would have been the Red Wings of 02 in their Hall of Fame roster. No, the nope. Red Wings of 08. No. 08. They won it in 08, too. Oh, two. that is right. And then I think they oh, were the ones. That was a good team. I think they were. I think they were the team to do it previously, and I think that's the O two team. 
Yes. That was the O2 team, yeah. Yes. But they had won it whew, so many times. Um, nope. Oh, God, yeah. Or, or, nope. or are you they, talking about the President's Trophy? No, just winning the President's Trophy. Oh, they had okay, won yeah, that yeah. so many times. But O2 was the first time they did it and won the Cup. So they've done it twice. So I was looking at this, and um, so the President's Trophy was first awarded in 1986. Yep. And because <laughs> Wayne Gretzky needed to win another t- uh, trophy. Right. And in that time, the President's Trophy winner won the Stanley Cup eight times. Yeah. So you have so any on any given season, the president's trophy winner has a twenty-two percent chance of yeah. winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah, like I said, it's about one. It's you know one in four. One in five. Yeah, one in it's, four five. It's, yeah. yeah, it's it's bumped up hey. since I last looked. One in yeah. four and a half. <laughs> and that's better than the one in sixteen chance they have of winning it right now. Boom. They actually have about the same odds as one in the first overall draft pick. Hmm. Hmm. And the so yeah, that happens to... tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, is that tomorrow? That is when's tomorrow. The, when's the schedule come out? It seems like it should be coming out right about now. For next season? Yeah. Typically, it's, it's not until June. It's been coming out earlier and earlier every season, I swear to God. You used to officially come out like July first. I, I I swear that was the thing, and then they moved it up to the draft, and then they moved it up to the Stanley Cup final, and then they moved it up to. I mean, you know, like anyway. Um, Shane Wright. Yeah, I there's there have been some mumbly rumbly bumblies. Um, that the potential fire sale happening in the province of Manitoba might facilitate a Shane Wright trade for some assets. So the Kraken are getting Elias Lindholm and who else? Because unless you're trading a bunch of players that Francis knows and loves, I just don't see it. I don't. I, I don't. I don't see it either. I think this is one of those trying to manifest it in the world like we did with the Bo Horvat to the island or Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Except for we Which were less can we all about it? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> but I think we are right. It would have been more entertaining. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been a better fit too. Mm-hmm. But I can't, you know, kind of hard to knock on it when the guy gets injured, you know, like six games after he shows up and then, you know, barely finds his footing before getting bounced in the playoffs. It's amazing what happens when you let guys heal up and what kind of performances they could put together. See, mm-hmm. I don't know, Tyler Sagan as an example this year. Oh. Isn't it also amazing what happens when you don't like dramatically roll your high end elements on your roster at the last minute looking at you, Rangers? <laughs> hmm. 
You know, it's like, it's, it's sort of Rangers kind of had Vegas itis this year. It's like, Ooh, that'd be pretty on our, Ooh, that'd be pretty. Ooh, that'd be pretty. And the next thing you got Mark Stone and Pacioretty and the Eichel and they want all these shiny new toys. And then they realize that you don't have room for them all. (laughs) They all don't, you know, they all kind of don't play well together. Yes, I get that Patrick Kane and Artemi Panarin had a great chemistry at one point in time, but that was also two teams ago for Panarin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and isn't it amazing how Tarasenko started off really well? Mm-hmm. He looked good. He had the numbers. He still looked good, and he leveled out. And then Kane arrived, and. Eh. Like he didn't fizzle out, but he just wasn't the same. It's it's like you know, it's it's one hundred percent exactly like the Sharks, you know, who went out and acquired Eric Carlson and expected their Brent Burns factor to go up exponentially. Well, no, when you already have a Brent Burns coefficient, adding another Brent Burns, you know the the offensive-minded wild card on the defensive line does not exponentially increase your Brett Burns coefficient. It actually becomes problematic. Liability. <laughs> or there's only so many cookies per game. Well, there's how many times do you hear the old, you know, how many pucks are on the ice? You know, they're going to go out and get this guy and this guy. You know, and this guy, well, how many pucks are they playing with? And it's like, are they are they trying to force us to evolve to Futurama's Blurns ball? You know, we're multi-puck at some point. You know, you score a magic goal with a, you know, with one of the money pucks, and all of a sudden there's three pucks on the ice. That would that way they'd be happy. See, Here at NHL, we want to see threes. It baffles me because, you know, a coach comes in and all the players are expected to adapt to the coach. And yet it's one guy against 23. Shouldn't the coach adapt to the players? I realize that that means that you need to have more of more emotional intelligence than your average NHL coach does. But... Uh, and, and that's the same with general managers, right? It's like you're putting together a team. Shouldn't you consider the makeup of your team and how everyone fits together before you bring in other guys? I don't know. Maybe this is woman thinking, but I kind of feel like, you know, maybe maybe you should consider your personnel before you actually start changing things up. I cannot believe these words are going to come out of my mouth, Pat, and casting. In his book, Brian Burke described exactly that. There needed to be sort of assigned roles and responsibilities for for the 18 forward or the 18 skaters and two goalies. You want a top pair of defense that does this. You need a second pair that kind of does this. You need a third pair that does this. You need a first line that does this, a second and and not trying to not trying to build your NHL hut dream roster where there's no salary cap, right? 
like mine right now, Connor McDavid, Peter Forsberg, and Leon Dreisaitl, and Matt Barzal are my four centers. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the team that does this really well. Sorry, Cassie. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, they do. If you if you look at Mikhail Sergachev as an example, they had different roles for their left and right side defense. Everything kind of went through the left side. But Sergachev had to play his role on the third pair. He didn't really get he got garbage time on power plays from time to time, but now he slid up. He got an elevated role once McDonough was traded. When Hedman was hurt. He grew into the roles and they they knew the talent that they had and they paid him accordingly. Whether the outside world ever thought it was justified or not. And it proves Tampa was right. They've also done it with their top forwards. Like, Because they brought in so many guys, they never developed talent, and the lack of depth kind of hurt them. They never found the the right fits for their third right, third line roles. Certain guys did well in spurts, but they could never put three guys who could fill the roles that they'd had over the past three seasons. See, I wasn't actually talking about roles, <laughs> although that is a that is a good good point. That was no. not at all what I was talking about. So you're was... saying your two other co-hosts don't have the emotional intelligence to understand your points? <laughs> Got it. <laughs> what I was talking about was personalities. <laughs> Sometimes you have a group of people together that need to work together and they should all, you know, adapt to each other's personalities and quirks and, and how they work. Uh, but, you know, it could be, it could be the roles thing. Sure. We could do that. So homemade vanilla, French vanilla, um, natural vanilla, vanilla bean, Neapolitan vanilla. Okay. Yeah, kind of. I'm well. No, it's it's more it's it's more like everything that the kind of tastes the same sort of vanilla should be on one line, and another one that tastes sort of the same color kind of vanilla but in a different way should be on another line. <laughs> and sometimes when you have that one player who is the sprinkles, you know, it's not a fit for the chocolate line. Maybe right. it's a fit for the vanilla line. Right. Or the sherbet. And then, you know, goalies are your whipped cream, right? So. (laughs) But Cassie, doesn't it make sense that most coaches always have the one topping that they'll put with anything and it just drives you nuts because it just doesn't work for anyone else? I mean, there are players like that, but most of them are not. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So name an ice cream. Name an ice cream flavor. Go ahead. Cookies and cream. Okay. Cassie? Spumoni. Okay. Do mini chocolate chips work with both of those? Yes. There is one flavor. There is one topping that is a universal. 
It's mini chocolate. Okay, but enough about Leon Dreisaitl. Thank you. Really? Come on. We'll we'll be here for a few hours. Uh, Yeah. Boy. Yeah, but how many Leons are there in the league? That is the question. That's what I'm saying. Is that you're not going to get a lot of those types of guys where you can plug and play anywhere and it's good because they adapt to wherever they're at or with whoever they play with. But when you have them, my God, don't trade them. But Leon is the proper size. He He's a bit of a chocolate chunk without being too much. But it can also be nice and light. It's not overpowering the dish. <sighs> he's, he's a, he is a handcrafted Belgian shaved you know, thinly shaved chocolate. What the hell am I doing? He's a handcrafted German thinly shaved chocolate. Thank you. I I didn't want to interrupt you. I don't know why I went Belgian. The Germans are also considered one of the best. That's why. Well, yes, but so is the German chocolate too. And ladies and gentlemen, should you ever go to Europe and visit don't get the fancy brand chocolates. No. Any European nation at their grocery stores, the the generic brands are amazing. You, amazing. Go go find a little local I, sweet shop too. Because sometimes the, the in-house that stuff too. those people make, oh my God. Yeah, the handmade stuff. Oh, when yeah. I was going to scout New Jersey Devils, I mean, when I went and visited Switzerland, <laughs> yeah, the locals say, yeah, just go to the grocery. This is what you want. Yeah. I mean, the the brand name stuff we get over here, yes, it, you know, it's an improvement over the vast majority of, of our chocolates, but you want a real one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a care package from a friend of mine in the New Jersey Devils homeland. I mean, Switzerland. And uh, included in there was a little um, handcrafted um, box of chocolates. It was, oh, my God, I didn't want them to go away. But I wanted every one of them in my mouth. So I had that whole problem of, you know, how long can I keep them? How do I, you know, how do I ration them out to get the most out of them? You know, how long, you know, I don't want to freeze them because the ice crystals will start screwing around with things. And I don't want to put them in the fridge because they'll start dehydrating a little bit. You know, it's all of that goes into my like, how fast do I have to eat these? Because I don't want to go like, and be like, I want more. An hour later. And then you remember there's the internet and you can order more when you're ready. <laughs> uh, no, this, no, I couldn't because this was a little, this was just a little shop in her town. Oh, little mom and pop place. Yeah. Mm, those are the best. Yeah. Just a, like a little confection shop guy, guy hand, you know, small batches, handmade chocolates, handmade sort of um, ports and tarts and that kind of stuff. Yeah. She decided to torture me by giving me the experience of, you know, mm-hmm. true Swiss crafted chocolate. And now I'm hungry. <laughs> God damn it. So Fred Cyclone Taylor and Leon. What are we going to Octoon Baby Dry Sidle. 
I think I've said before that when I go into Vancouver to buy hockey equipment, I always stopped at a shop just sort of south of downtown called Cyclone Tailors. And it took me the longest time because there was no internet back then. That's how long ago it was to figure out who Cyclone Taylor was. So to hear his name again has just been, um, it's been enjoying. It's been, it's been enjoying. Enjoyable. No, it's been enjoying because I'm enjoying sitting here grinning about my times going up and trying on skates and and then thinking that Leon Dreisaitl is, you know, it's taken, a, what, like 105 years for someone to come close to that record. And we get to hear Cyclone Taylor's name again because now, now people are going, well, damn, they had some pretty good nicknames back in the day. What are we doing? They did. What Taking are we doing? easy and lazy way out. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody's being lazy about the nickname thing. Yeah, totally, you know. And sure, Newsy Lalonde was kind of lazy, but guy worked in the it newspaper. Worked. It was, and not many people had that nickname. Yeah, who had worked at newspapers ever? No one was ever called Newsy. Well, except in every stock boy, maybe. Yeah. Newsy, nah. Yeah, I and they and they constantly you know, to constantly hear them say, you know, Fred Cyclone Taylor, you just gotta sit there and go, What okay, what are we doing? Let's let's think of a nickname for McDavid that's, you know, Connor Tasmanian McDavid or something. Because he's kinda like a little Tasmanian. And he does not get PK, I know you're a loyal listener. Look, it was fun <laughs> what you did with McDavid and McKinnon, but players don't get to choose their own nicknames. No. Though like, McDavid did choose McJesus, and so... That's because it was the the worst of the best. <laughs> the... That's, yeah, that's... That, and that's well, it's the, it's the... It, it is the one McDavid nickname that doesn't let on to the fact that he is a, a robot. So, <laughs> yeah, but it, the implications are that you know he he thinks extremely highly of himself, and that's not great either. I yeah, I don't think he thinks any. I don't think he's sentient at that point yet, Cassie. Mm. God forbid if he ever reaches that point, we're all doomed. That's when AI takes over. Alan Iverson? What's Alan Iverson got to do with it? <laughs> Wrong AI. Different AI. Ally Afridi? Different AI. You know I'm never going to miss a chance to bring up Ally Afridi. Ally <laughs> Skullet. Dude looked like Krusty the Clown without a helmet. It was freaking awesome. <laughs> He did. It was curly. It stuck out, kind of. You know, all he had to do was dye it green. And God, anybody that can sit there and you know just work on a stick with a handheld propane torch and then light a cigarette with a skullet like that, you know, tats all up the arms. That's character. <laughs> It's something anyway. I don't know if I'd call it character. Oh, that's that <laughs> Personality is. Personality, maybe. Individuality. 
That is someone living his best life, you know? Okay, I can accept that. His, his DGAF tank is completely empty. Or completely full. His gaff tank would be empty. His degaff tank would be full. Because he is not. <laughs> he is full of don'ts. Oh, man. Good old days. Again, I don't know if I could. Which really that. begs the question, <laughs> when, when's Connor going to step up in this playoff series? Is that column, is that column already written? Of course, Mark Spector's got it in his back pocket. I mean, I'm surprised he held off on using it in the first round, but things went a little too well for the Oilers, so. I, I, I know somewhere in there there's going to be the phrase, despite his, despite the fall off in production from him, something along those lines, of, something along the lines of that is going to be in a column at some point. Despite yeah, he's only downwards. two points behind a dry sidle. I know, <laughs> I know. But despite his downward, you know, his slip in production this postseason, the team has, you know, it's going to be something along those lines because they cannot help themselves. They literally can't help themselves. So, Kraken and Oilers in the Western Conference Final? No. No. No, I know. I, there's no way the Kraken are getting past Dallas. I understand that. No, it's Pete. It's the Pete DeBoer run to the finals yep. in year one. There's that too. You can't. You can't change whatever monkey paw granted him that ability to do things since he left the Florida Panthers. Well, not even since he left the Florida Panthers. When's when's the When's Pete DeBoer's greatest success with his team? In his first year. In his first full season. Because that was the last time they made the playoffs before recently. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so Pete, Pete DeBoer's monkey paw. Um, oh, oh, God, I was... Ah, carnival vending, you know, carnival clairvoyance, tarot reading, vending machine, you know, curse, blessing, whatever you want to call it, is, is in full effect, Cassie. Right. And you know, know you know how you know this? Hmm. Joe Pavelski. Mm. Mm. Jolton, Jolton, Joe Pavelski. There we go. See? Hey. It works. It works. Uh, I believe it was taken by somebody in the 1920s, but it works. Okay. It, it's it's pre-expansion. Also we can that, reuse them by now. That was a different century. Also, that person's likely not alive. <laughs> yeah. like, they, they get, like they get the bitch about it. That's <laughs> my nickname. Hmm. Or we could call him Jumpin' Joe hmm. Pavelski. What's a term for a tip that begins with a J? Uh, hmm. 
had the brain power for this. I don't either. No, <laughs> no, it's. Yeah, I got nothing. We can do homework and do it. Come back to it later then. Mm-hmm. Or not. Or do both. We can. We can start. We during the off season we can start nicknaming everybody proper nicknames. How about that? Can be okay, an ongoing now you're talking. project. Can be an ongoing NHL project for us. We'll just start giving them proper nicknames instead of putting IE or ER a shortened version of their last name. I mean, I, I do sort of, and I'm going to go against the flow here. I, I don't mind Leon's sort of unofficial nickname of Drat, because you tend to say that every time he's on the ice when you're the opposing <laughs> team. Drat, you know, when he scores against you invariably. From, you know, from 15 feet, you know, just just in front of the goal line. God, it's just... Yeah, we can we can come up with a better like nineteen twenties villain monologuing kind of nickname. Oh yeah, we we need to. Because you know what what's what's the nineteen twenties like villain drats, right? That was that was a thing. So we can we can do something with that. See, your mug things to think about. But you know the one, the one nickname that we can never like, you know, give someone or the person that we can't give a nickname to because his name's just too perfect as it is, is Philip J. Kessel. This has been the Three B Three Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Three B Three Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.